Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. West Cork Beard Company make beard oil and beard balm for a strong, healthy, great-looking beard. Handmade from all natural ingredients in Clonakilty, West Cork. Check out their YouTube channel for beard care tips and advice, or catch them online at westcorkbeardcompany.ie. For gooners everywhere, this is the ultimate football app for you. For match highlights, interviews and the best Arsenal videos and podcasts, download the free Gunners app now from the App Store and Google Play. Good evening, good morning, good afternoon. Welcome back to the same old Arsenal podcast episode, I don't know. Um, a 3-1 win for the Arsenal against Chelsea uh, in our last home game. So I've called the, I think I've called the episode a Christmas wish because it was my Christmas wish. Um, and miracles happen at Christmas, they say. And a miracle has happened. Uh, we've actually got gone and gotten three points and scored three goals. Uh, two of which came from open... Oh, no. One of which came from open play and two set pieces. But look, we'll take it. We'll take it. Um, joining me this evening. A bit of a changed lineup this evening. Um, unfortunately, Harry and Lee are not feeling too great um, over the past couple of days. But nothing to worry about. They're, they're, they're both fine. Just feeling a bit under the weather. Um, so we've got uh, some... Two, two substitutes, should we say. And what great substitutes we have. Um, we have uh, Trev. How are you, sir? I'm very good. Thank you, Craig. Very Still got the hangover from celebrating that win on Saturday. So, yeah, <laughs> all smiles, mate. All smiles tonight. 
My dog, won't, my dog still won't come near me because I it, it absolutely shit itself when the second one went in. I just, <laughs> I, ju- I jumped up, just jumped up, looked at me, and ducked off out into the kitchen. Albert, how are you, mate? Yeah, good. Nice to meet you, mate. Yeah, pleasure to be on, mate. Good Christmas. Yes, finally, finally. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know. Finally. It's nice to be on the podcast uh, with fellas that you you be tweeting to, you be talking to on Twitter. <laughs> um, it's, but it's nice to meet them in person. Well, not in person, virtually, I should say. Yeah. And of course, our regular boy, um, Dan, how are you, mate? I'm good, thanks, Craig, man. I had a good Christmas, ate loads, drank loads, was merry, but I think I've eaten so many pigs in a blanket, I've turned into a pig in a blanket, mate. I need to uh, I need to get one of the old weights and uh, start running in the new year, man, I tell you that, to get rid of I'll some of this lard. But, uh, some, oh, some, some of the pictures I saw on Facebook on Christmas Day, I said there was a lot of people ill on Boxing Day with their pigs in blankets. <laughs> Yeah, pinks you know blankets. that, mate. Fucking pink, pinks in blankets. That's what I <laughs> Absolutely, but a few mate. more beers, mate. A few more beers won't won't go won't go down too uh, too badly until the new year. Try and finish you know, off the fridge and then go from there. That's something I really didn't do this year. I, I, really, I think I had a couple of glasses of wine with my dinner, but that was about it. Um, normally go on the right, I'll tear up, but not this year for some reason. Anyway, hello to you all watching in the chat box. How are you? I hope you all had a great Christmas. Um, hope you got everything you wanted. Hope Santa Claus was kind to you. And you all had a good time with your families, etc., um, etc. Et so, we finally got a win, Dan. 3-1 against Chelsea. No one saw it coming. It's, it was very nice to see Arsenal win. Um, a lot of, you know, a lot of uh, weight off fans' shoulders, and I'm sure an extra ton of weight off of um, the players' shoulders. We mustn't get too carried away, though, Dan. A lot of football to be played this season, um, but the rot has got to stop somewhere. Um, and hopefully, hopefully, it stops um, from now on. Now, I'm not talking about Arsenal going on a winning, you know, winning every game as from now. But what I'm talking about is actually playing. And you know, I mean, I don't mind if Arsenal lose. I've never minded of Arsenal lose. As long as all those players leave everything out on the pitch, I've no problem. No problem. But the last few performances, obviously, we've all had problems with because the play, you can clearly see that some of them players, um, it's, it's like being at Arsenal retirement home for them. He's changed it up. Now, he was forced to change it up. I will, you know, we, we, we must say that. But the players he put in, what a performance from those young lads, Dan. And ultimately... Um, a different, a whole different, a whole different, uh, a whole different team, and a whole different style of play. It was me, and I've been listen. It was the best game that we've had this season. Uh, much better than Fulham because we started quicker. And I've been crying out for this since we got thumped at Villa back in November. And it's taken Arteta almost to the new year to change things up. And Martinelli, Smith Rowe, and Saka, outstanding. Yeah, absolutely outstanding from the off in terms of their work rate, their passion, their energy. What they showed on the pitch there was what I would love to see all Arsenal fans when they're in the stadiums shouting at, because that is exactly what gets fans out of their seats. Those three players were outstanding and I do not want to see now them dropped out the side because we can't. They're too good at the moment. They're too they're needed for us currently. And what you then start to see from them three players and their attitudes is other players start to play better all of a sudden. I saw Rob Holden and Pablo Marie play outstanding at the back. Absolutely superb for Pablo Marie to come back into that game in a big match like that, long-term out from injury, and play as well as he did. It made Rob Holden better. I thought Bellerin played well. When's the last time he played well? Chaka 
played well. I can't remember the last time he played well. So I'm looking at these players thinking this is what happens when a few individuals start to show a bit of passion and desire. It rubs off. And unfortunately, on the backside of that, negativity does does rub off on, on others as well. But positive does as well. So I look at this team, the lineup straight away. I was watching Trev on a preview show on Guns and Yellow Ribbons and I thought, he was excited. All of us were. We looked at the team sheet and thought, finally, this is what we want to see. It's been so deflating seeing the likes of Willian and the likes of, you know, David Luiz and Chakar and Bellerin of late. And we're thinking, why is he playing the same side? He changed things up. And in the first half for me, only El Nenny had a poor game. Everybody else was outstanding. It was great to see. Um, so from the first minute, we saw the desire and the passion. And it was just something different about the team. And I think that Martinelli, everyone says he's only a kid, he's only 19 years old, and we can't be putting loads and heaps and heaps of pressure on Saka and Martinelli. But I'll give them some praise when they deserve it. And both those two lads, they are looking like the only positive signs at our football club currently in terms of what can they be. They could be something special. They could be better than the Sanchez of this world. They can be better than the Raheem Sterlings of the Premier League, in my opinion, in Saka and Martinelli. So we've got a lot to be positive for in that respect. But I don't have the faith as of yet that Mikel Arteta is going to stick with these lads. And it wouldn't surprise me tomorrow night if we saw the others come in. And that's well, my only fear, if I'm honest with you, Craig, moving forward. Don't say that. Don't say that. <laughs> um, we, we, we were talking about, I'll just bring this one in there. Um, this is from Pids. Good evening to you. Well, thank you, Pids, for your kind donation. Um, Pids. Much appreciated. Good evening to you all. Uh, I drank way too much red wine uh, when Arsenal won. Good. That's good. Uh, and no pigs in blankets for me because I burnt them. Oh, dear. Uh, not so good. Um, remind me when you remind me not to come to dinner to your to your house then. Um, Trev, we were talking about it just off air before we came on, and I said to you that if he doesn't stick with this team, that's a sackable offence. Um, he has got to stick with this team, and he has got to he's got to be ruthless, um, and he's got to, like I said, he's got to stick with this side. Um, like the old saying goes, you know, if it's not if it's not broken, uh, don't try and fix it. Yeah. Do you know what, Craig? I totally agree, son. That, that, it was just a breath of fresh air and, and I can't see how we can change it. Apart from if one of them's carrying an injury that we don't know about. I don't see how we don't go the same again for the game tomorrow night. Dan was exactly right in what he said, mate. I was doing the preview show, excuse me, for Guns and Ribbons when the team popped up and I was gobsmacked. Ecstatic isn't an overstatement. I was over the moon because we all knew that we needed changes. We all had a rough idea where we'd like the changes, and he absolutely nailed it. He nailed it. He, he got he got he got the, the right amount of youngsters in. He got the youngsters we all knew that would do, do do good for us. I mean, in fairness, Martinelli before he got injured was looking very special down the left with playing with Saka, and I thought the fact that we had Tierney playing with Saka in front of him uh, against Chelsea just freed Saka up to feed Martinelli and the other lads. I, I, I just over the moon with it, and 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 of course with the, I, I had it down. I don't know how you boys saw it, but I thought we played a, a four-two-three-one, you know. And I think Arteta must have just said to the three young lads that were just behind Lacquer, "Go where you want, just move. Go where you want, make space and move." And that in turn improved Xhaka and El Nenny's game. In fairness to Xhaka and El Nenny, I didn't think they looked bad, and I've been a big, I've not been happy with Xhaka all season. But the reason they didn't look bad is because they had all that movement in front of them and they had no option but to play a forward ball. They had to play the ball forward occasionally. And I thought they looked really good. I thought that Mari came in and was absolutely fantastic alongside uh, 
Holding. Who needs Gabriel, lads, eh? We've got Mari, we've got Holding. <laughs> Uh, yeah. <laughs> on, no, I'm serious. No, I'm just, just, I, and even Lacazette seems to. I, I feel, I, I think Lacazette is just an unlucky bloke. I think he gets the ball in front of goal and clicks into panic mode. I think he's got. The, he must have this nervous thing about yeah. him. He he's not letting so it come well. naturally, is he? No, he's not, mate. But I, over the moon with it all. And to to answer your question again, Craig, I can't see how he does change it. I can't see how he does, mate. Yeah, I can't, if he does, I mean, I'll be so. I mean, oh God, you know, after all the backing that I've given him, like he deserves. Oh, for me, if he changed it up and brought back in Louise William, I know, you know, that probably won't happen because I think Williams out. Uh, Williams out, isn't he, on COVID nineteen protocol? Um, so I don't think we'll see him tomorrow. But I, I just cannot see. Surely Albert, he stood on that sideline against Chelsea and said, "Blimey, I should have changed this up a long, long, long time ago." And Craig, you know what it is? Um, I think we need to give a Christmas present to COVID stroke isolation because it forced Arteta's hand. It did yeah. force it. There was a, it there was a game did. before. Yeah, yeah um, and I, I think people are still sceptical of him in terms of is he the right man to make the right changes when necessary, putting in the right personnel. So that's that's the first thing. Um, yeah, the, the team's not been very good this season, but I've taken sort of a critical view of the strikers um i've i've moaned and said on various channels on my channel or content or tweets or whatever it is that our front three whatever the combination is 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 it just doesn't work they're they're lazy the movement is non-existent um and when i saw the team line up for the other night against them um, chelsea <laughs> i was kind of thinking so how are we going to set up like trev mentioned it we played the four the four two three one and I thought, okay, we played a flat back four, which is what I do want to see actually, because I think we need to utilize Kieran Tierney as much as possible in the attacking sense of rather than having him in, in you know the left of a three. Um, you want to get the best out of him, you know. But like I said, the critical of the movement of the strikers, but what I liked with Emil Smith Rowe and obviously Saka and Martinelli, there was movement, there was anticipation, which we don't see from any of the front three when they there when was they energy the wasn't there energy. yeah um you know? martinelli as well for someone that's been out for such a long time and it, this is it, people might take it as a criticism of eddie but sometimes when i watch him play um i think a lot of the games pass him by yes he presses well but martinelli he presses well he, he takes defenders on he gets into the pockets he can assist he just he presses brilliantly in the final third which is what I was impressed with, particularly with the front three. Um, Lacazette probably had his best game in a long time, for a very, very long time. And yeah, that's the key thing I took out of it, Craig. Um, Mikel Arteta, um, like I said, enforced changes he had to make. And he's now we're going to see when it comes to line up tomorrow, if he's brave enough, um, in capital letters, to actually stick with some of these youngsters. And before I finish up, um, the, what I did like to see was... Um, I see that Emil Smith-Rose adopted the Jack Grealish look with the socks down to the ankle. I see so that. Good. Yeah, yeah. I said that to myself as well. I said, what's all that about? But I'll tell you what, you've got, to, you've got to have the right calves to be brave enough to do that. Because I'll tell you <laughs> yeah, what, if, I'd done, if I'd done that, it'd look like two milk bottles got going around a picture of a pair of boots on. Um, Dan, I think one he, player... He can wear stockings uh, and suspenders for me. <laughs> yeah, I don't care what he wears as long as he keeps <laughs> playing like that. <laughs> 
Dan, I think one player has gone off the radar a bit and everyone knows that I'm in the goalkeeper's union, but I thought Bernd Leno was fantastic. Um, caught everything, very commanding, superb penalty save at the end there. Um, do you think that, I mean, as a goalkeeper, a goalkeeper will be confident if he's, if he's happy with his defence? Do, do you think that that defensive change gave him confidence? Listen, if, if if we had no Emmy Martinez last season and we had Ronison, nobody would give giving Leno stick. The only reason he's getting stick is because we sold Martinez. There's nothing else to it, you know. He made errors the season before when Martinez was in our reserves and no one had heard of him, but no one gave him this much stick. So I look at it now and I think that when he does make the saves, people don't want to give him credit because they might be proved wrong because last week they were slating him. Uh, I've never slated Leno. Everyone knows on this podcast, I think he's been one of our most consistent players over the last two seasons. I don't think he's a title-winning goalkeeper that's going to win us everything. But I think at the moment, there's other positions that we need to be concerned about and Leno is not one of them. I think that if he does get injured, um, we'll be in trouble because the keeper we had in the other night, we are going to be in serious, serious, we have some serious problems. So I don't I think, think I, just coming back on him, him. I've, I'm not too sure is his Arsenal career over, Dan. I think, um, well, I mean, that's that's poor, that's, the that's kids, debatable. He's, it was, yeah, he's deleted his, he's had to delete his Twitter account. It was, well, that's that's Arsenal fans for you, got, mate. You know, that, that's I Arsenal mean, fans for you. It's disgusting, but I, I will say this I do blame Arteta for that. Because I don't understand why Leno didn't play that game. Yeah. Uh, and he put him in and he threw him in. And there's one thing saying William Saliba is not ready. And there's another thing saying Runnison is. Yeah. I would debate, I would debate yeah. that uh, if Runnison isn't ready, then uh, he's ready. Sorry, then Saliba certainly must be. Um, anyway, that's another thing. With Leno, great penalty save. Not a, not a fantastic penalty, but a great save. Uh, also has to be given credit for. And I think that that moment there would have given all Arsenal fans a very horrible last few minutes of that game yes. because Chelsea were on top you know right before that they had a chance which I thought they should have done better with and uh yeah you look at the situation with Leno and and again nobody wants to give him credit they didn't want to do it when he uh got us through the Carabao Cup and saved us on penalties against Liverpool that was a massive up yours to all the Arsenal fans slating him and again we saw against Chelsea why he's our number one I do believe that Emmy Martinez is a better goalkeeper I do he gave me a lot more confidence and he had a great few runs and he's doing fantastic at Aston Villa. That doesn't mean Leno becomes a poor goalkeeper overnight. Trust absolutely. me, it doesn't. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and more good news is that uh, Thomas Partey was training today, uh, was back in full good, training. Good, um, good. That I saw, hopefully, I mean, if he could make the bench tomorrow, that'd be great. Uh, because, you know, to see, to see him back in there and to get him back into midfield. Now, Trev... I tweeted out after the game, you know, people are saying to me, what's the process, what's the process? And I said that uh, Smith Rowe, uh, Saka, Martinelli, Partey, Tierney, um, Gabriel. There's your process. That's seven players I've just named out there. How many more? This one comes in from Leela. Um, this one comes in from Leela. What realistic transfers do we think will come in the window? Tierney has to be captain for me. 100% agreed. That man should have the armband tomorrow. Also, Willock Eddie should go out and loan in January. Uh, Martinelli, Saka, ESM is the way forward. Uh, you know, people are saying, well, where, what is this process? What is the process we should be trusting? You know, would you agree with me that we've seen, we've seen what the process might be um, after the Chelsea game? Well, I do, yeah. I, I, I think we've been seeing, we've had a bad run. Craig, you know, there's no doubt in that. And we've been a bit confused by some of the selections. But the process has been has been ongoing. We've, we've, 
all us fans have been saying we needed a real tough guy midfielder. And in the few minutes he's played, Parches looked a class above anything we've had for years. Yeah. And, and, and you can only get excited about that. Um, and then we wanted a central defender and we've got, we've got Mari and we've got Gabriel. So the process is ongoing. I don't think we'll do a lot in January, Craig, because we're still lumbered with all these players, mate. We're, we're not going to be able to clear the books until the summer. I'm excited about the summer. January, I'm hoping we may get maybe get one really good, really good player in. But the summer will be, you know, when when we when we um when we learn it all. Do you mind if I take twenty seconds of your time just to go back on a couple of points we raised just now, Craig? Go for it, because interesting. I'll be. I, I, uh, Albert mentioned it just now, and uh, I've seen a couple of things on Twitter about Arteta and his selections, saying that he didn't have the Brazilian lads. So he had to make changes. Absolutely. He had no choice but to make changes. But he didn't have to bring Smithrow, Mari and Martinelli in, did he? He didn't no, have he to didn't. do that. Look look at what he had on the bench, boys. He had a lot more experience on the bench that he chose not to play and give the youngsters a, a, a chance. So I'm going to look at it from the positive side and I, I can see both sides of, the, of that argument. But I'm going to look at it from the positive side of it. And give Arteta some credit for that, you know. And don't forget, boys, when we're talking about mistakes being made, of course mistakes are made. It's football. Mistakes are made in every game, and they're made in, in large numbers in every game. The fact of the matter is, against Chelsea, we made less than we have been doing. We played better than we have been doing. We have a lot more energy than we have been doing. And we beat a bloody good side 3-1. And it could have been five. It could have been yeah, five. Could have been. Could have been. Easy. You know? You're dead right, mate. Absolutely dead right. Uh, Albert, this one comes in from Unique79. I'll bring you in on this one, mate. He says, do you think that Gabriel and Mary should be our centre-back partnership, considering that they are both left-footed? Um, I've, I've not got too much of an issue with having two centre-backs that are left-footed. I, I understand people might might question it because of the balance of the team, but um, I thought Mari did... I think Dan made the point. I thought he played really well, considering yeah. he's been out of the frame for a very, very long time. I mean... I felt sorry for when he when he gave away the penalty. I could see it. You could see it coming before it happened. But I've, but luckily for him, um, Leno made the penalty save. But Craig, I want to quickly touch on um, a Kieran Tierney a moment. Because um, I saw Ray, certain big YouTuber, United fan, um, say that Ryan Bertrand is levels ahead of um, Kieran Tierney. <laughs> Are you talking? I, about... I, I wanted to throw that in there. I couldn't get that away. Yeah, I saw that I last think, week. See, with that particular YouTuber. <laughs> He, that fella says things for clicks, um, you know, and 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 what a, what better fan base to try and get your clicks from than Arsenal? Um, exactly. It's guaranteed you're guaranteed clicks if you say something controversial like that. But uh, you know, anyone who says that shouldn't be on YouTube, really, should they? If if they mean it, um, yeah, if, I had to get that in. Yeah, I thought yeah, I thought it was funny when I read it at the time. But um, yeah, it's for the centre backs. Um, I wouldn't have an issue with that just because you know we bought this guy, but obviously he got injured to. Um, the back end of last season, so we haven't seen it for goodness, goodness knows how long. But I think, it, like, like, like many people have said, and they're right. Is although you're happy about the win, I think it's not even so much about the three points, Craig. It's the fact that we haven't had a winning feeling since the first November. So yeah, yeah. you know, it's it's about now trying to establish some some form of momentum going into um, the game tomorrow and West Brom. Mm -hmm. um, the ma massive, massive games. Um, you know, Sam Allardyce works his magic um, getting a point yesterday at, um, at Anfield. But yeah, going forward, I would like to see... Um, I have no problem with Mari and um, 
Gabriel centre halves. Um, I just think a lot of the centre backs we've got at the club, one, are either not good enough, or two, even when they are given the chance, they're just not good enough, Craig. Whether it's a flat back four or or it's a you know three centre backs, into it's, they're just not good enough, mate. So, you know what? Like many people say, I think Dan might agree with me. This like you might not necessarily have quality in terms of your options. But try and use those options as solutions to fixing mm. the problem. Absolutely, and Arteta correct. doesn't do that as enough. He doesn't do it enough, unfortunately, for me. Yeah, well, and he had to do it, and he's you know he had to yeah. do it against Chelsea. And it's paid dividends for him. You know? yeah. Thank you, Unique Seventy Nine, for that kind donation, mate. Um, I hope that answers your question. Um, Dan, so Kieran Tierney for captain. Would you agree with me on that? Mm. I can't see any other player on that pitch that deserves that captain's arm as much uh, as as much as him. I don't think I've seen a player give that much passion on the pitch for generations. He gets it, doesn't he? He gets it. He understands it. And and do you know what I love about him is, is every time he speaks, you feel it. I mean, yeah. even right at the start, he said, I didn't come to London to look at Big Ben. I came to London to play for Arsenal. You know, that's the sort of thing I want to hear. And when he starts talking the other day about we've let the fans down, all of us, we, we want to say sorry to the fans. Our captain ain't saying that. Our captain's coming out looking down at the floor and talking up in the air. Kieran Tierney is right down that camera and he's telling people, we are going to turn this around because we have to. And the fans do not deserve this. All we can say is sorry. He's saying all the right things and you feel that he, he feels it. And not only that, I saw well, two things. One, I'll take you back to Leeds. That situation for me, I'm against Granite Chaka in that situation because I think Kieran Tierney was showing passion. He wasn't going to come and lump him one. He was coming up to tell him what he thought of him. Yeah. I'm fine with that. And the other thing was what I was fine with was the other day. Pepe came on, which I'll come on to in a minute. Pepe and Willock coming on. We look like the old Arsenal. Martinelli and Smith-Rowe coming off. Oh, my God. I, I, it was just poor to watch again. Pepe goes down um, the wing. Tierney has the ball and he has to come inside. And he goes mental at him. He's going nuts at Pepe. Why aren't you making that run? This is a guy who is probably, you know, uh, one of the youngsters at our club in Kieran Tierney telling somebody on the pitch that costs four times more than him, why aren't you making that run for me? And that's what I want to see. I want to see people with the hatred on the pitch for each other. Because if you look back at our Invincible side, you think that togetherness on that pitch, you think those people liked each other. Lauren and oh. Thierry Henry didn't speak to each other yeah, oh, no. for three yeah. years. Yeah. yeah, Lauren and Thierry Henry hated each other. Don't speak now. They still hate each other. But they went on the pitch and they won for each other because they knew that once they crossed that line, they had to get in it, to, get in it together. And we don't see enough of that. And that for me is Kieran Tierney. The last thing I'll say about Tierney, forget the Scottish League, whether it's the Scottish League or not. That guy's won more than any of us lot in that team, right? Anybody else in that team, he has knows what it's like to win titles. And what he knows what it's like is to win with a real proper rival alongside them. This is like the Barcelona's and Real Madrid's. This is nothing like Arsenal and Tottenham. Celtic and Rangers is so much hatred. It is unbelievable if you ever go up there. So Kieran Tini knows what it's like to win. And for me, 100% deserves the armband going forward. And for someone to kind of even com contemplate saying that Ryan Bertrand is anywhere near Kieran Tierney is unbelievable. And Ryan Bertrand, by the way, I will say, He's is a, a very fullback. good left-back. Yeah. A very yeah. good fullback, One I've always yeah. rated. But he doesn't excite me like Kieran Tierney does. This this kid could be special, Craig. He really could. And he yeah. definitely deserves the armband. Absolutely. I mean, it's, I'm living in Ireland, there's a lot of Celtic fans over here, you know. And, they were when when we signed him. They were they were pretty pretty cross. They were you know they were saying you've got some hell of a player there on your hands, do you know. And I mean I didn't even know 
didn't know who he was. I, I don't watch Scottish football, you know. I obviously when you hear the when you when you heard the name floating around, you go on YouTube, don't you? And you type in Kieran Tierney Celtic and see what he's like. And when you're watching it, you're thinking, hmm, well, he looks all right. He looks like he might have a bit a bit about himself, you know. Um, some news here now coming in from Nigel. There, uh, unfortunately, Gabriel was tested positive for COVID nineteen, um, and now has to self isolate for ten days. So that will rule him out. I'm hearing, um, Greg. I've just heard that uh, Willian and Louise are fit for West Brom, which is bad news. Fit, yeah, that is bad news. <laughs> but you see, what I don't understand is about all this is now. If Gabriel was tested positive, surely all the other players have to isolate as well. I don't understand how it works in professional football. If if us for a walk, if us if if us for work together, and I get I get COVID nineteen. You three will be told by the government that you've got to stay indoors for ten days. Exactly. So, yeah. <laughs> where is why? Do, why doesn't that happen in football? Because Trevor, I mean, you you touched on a point there before we come on air, mate, about this being quite a you know this this could be a bad thing for the football season this year. You know, I mean, you've got what well, I think rumor has it that five Manchester City players are out with it. We've now got Gabriel out with it. I mean, five Manchester City players. That could spread to the whole team. Um, we well, played them course. not so long ago. I mean, this is could be quite worrying for the football season. It, for for me, for me, Craig, you're right, and we did talk about it. It's very it's very worrying, mate, because they're saying that this new strain of COVID spreads more easily. I don't know the science of it, but that's what they're saying. And five Man City players out is massive. And it, it, it could be everywhere and anywhere. I honestly think that this season is at risk. We could end up like last season. We could see this come to a, a premature end. I bloody hope I'm wrong, let me tell you. But uh, it's it's not going to... Someone uh, is just putting a comment, said they get tested every tested, two yeah, days. Every two so, days, yeah. But but that, 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 testing them don't stop it, does it? You know what I mean? That's only finding out if they've got it. And by the time you find out, in them two days that they do the test, they could they could be in contact with exactly every every member of the football club, you know. So yeah. it is worrying. It is worrying. And by the way, Tierney's a captain. Tierney don't have to say anything. Tierney does not have to say a word. Do you know why? He looks a captain. Yeah. He looks a captain. He's got a yeah. face. He's got a statue. He carries a Tesco bag. You know, he he's got he is a captain. He trains you in know, a t-shirt in sub-zero temperatures. Absolutely, <laughs> he don't wear no snood and no gloves. No, you know? he is he what he is. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But as for the season, Craig, it's worry. It worries me. Then I am a bit of a worrier. But uh, I don't. The thought of not having any football again for months on end is horrible. Mm. Horrible. Mm. I mean, I think there's two Newcastle players. I was reading a bit in the paper, or was it? I was reading a bit in the paper. Steve Bruce. I think is it St. Maximin and um, is it? Isaac Hayden is it, is it Isaac Hayden plays for Newcastle? Isaac Hayden used to play for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's right. Yeah. yeah, they're both um, they're both very sick. Apparently, uh, the two yeah, boys. Yeah, the two boys. They go out for a walk and have to go back to bed um, when they come back because yeah. they're so knackered. Uh, and he, Steve Bruce was saying, you know, that he's you know athletes who you know sleep, eat, train well, eat well, sleep well, fit as a fiddle. Um, have been, you know, have been very, very affected by it. Albert, so tomorrow, what goes on tomorrow, Albert? It's got to be the same starting eleven, hasn't it? Surely. Even, <laughs> like, I mean, look, even a Bamiang is even a Bamiang is fit to play tomorrow. 
do here's the question do do, do we bring Aubameyang do we bring Aubameyang straight back in do we leave Martinelli out on the left and bring Aubameyang back into the centre you know what it is Craig with Arteta and this is not even just this season going back to last season um, he's very difficult to read because he always throws in a curveball in terms of he's starting 11 so you could be in for you could be in for a surprise tomorrow um I think Aubameyang, I think he will come back in, actually. Um, but if you're going to bring him in, then it's either Lacazette or Aubameyang. Mm. Are we, there's no way you can have not have the three that are playing off the strike and not starting tomorrow. It, to me, it's a no-brainer. Um, and like I said earlier, Craig, I said to you, one, one thing I've always been critical with, with the strikers, particularly this season, is whatever combination it is, I just think they're lazy. We had movement, we had energy, we had anticipation. We looked threatening. We was going in behind Lacazette, which we don't we don't see runners go beyond beyond the strikers in our team. I don't know why that is. Maybe it's the quality. Maybe they're not gambling. Maybe this is too structured. I don't know what it is. But even you know, I play football at a decent level. But even if Plan A isn't going well, you, you, you as footballers have take take the accountability, take responsibility. If you've got to take a rollicking from the manager, so be it. But mm -hmm. if things are not working, you've got to change it. But yeah, if, if Aubameyang does come back in, um, then it would be Lacazette that makes way for me. And, that, and that's going to be harsh because he didn't replay really well. But you know what, Craig? That's football, mate. You know, managers have tough decisions to make. It's a results business. He's well, under I'm seeing, pressure. I'm seeing in the comments there that I'm quite surprised that actually there's a lot of people saying to leave him on the bench. Um and and start with what we've got, you know. Start start how we did uh, against Chelsea. What would you? How, how would you? How would you react to that? I'm not surprised by that, but I I, I just think um, <laughs> he's, he's a hard one to to pick sometimes, man. Some of his team selections, as you've seen this season, I mean, it's, it leaves us Arsenal fans baffled as to what he's thinking. But I, I can see an argument for it. Um, so, like I said, I think it's either out of him or Aubameyang or Lacazette to be that main man up front. Um, our record against Brighton, mate, is not very good, man. Mm -hmm. um, since they've recently come back in the Premier League, we ain't, we ain't won there. Um, they've done a double over us last season for the first time ever. Um, was it, we, ain't won, we ain't won at Brighton in the league game since 81. I, oh God, I don't think I was even born yet. Um, so, it's a bogey ground for us, mate. Bogey, bogey ground for us. Um, it's going to be tricky, mate. Um, you know, well, it, it won't surprise me tomorrow because there's always it always seems to happen with us. All an ex player comes back to score against us. So Danny Welbeck's there. So um, yeah, oh, it, it, could, it, could, it, it could happen. It could happen. Mensa, as friend friend Pong calls him, <laughs> <laughs> Danny Mensa. But no, yeah, but no um, I think a bad man can come back in, mate. I yeah, do. Well, Dan. I mean, <laughs> there was. There was someone there said that if, if an offer came in for 30 million for a Bamiang, they'd take it. Nah, nah. We can't, man. We've got to remember that nah, this guy's nah, a goal yeah. machine. You know, yeah. we have to remember this guy scores goals. And, and he is having a bad time at the moment. And let's not forget, this is the first bad patch he's ever had. Mm -hmm. For the last two and a half years, he's got us easily to where we are. And there was a funny stat last season that I said, and everyone laughed at me. And I said, if we don't have a Bamiyang scoring, we're near the relegation zone. And everyone went, oh, rubbish, absolute nonsense. Well, he ain't scoring this year and we're looking closer to relegation than ever before. So we have to, uh, we have to try and hope that Bamiyang can get back to scoring ways because he's got it in there. Um, 
but I would start him on the bench because I don't think I'd change that side, Craig. And the reason I say that is because this side have not played four games in a row. This was a new side the other day. Mm -hmm. So they should still have the energy to start. And if you want to bring Gabriel Martinelli off for Rob Amian because you're worried about him long-term in terms of injuries, then do it. If you want to bring on Pepe, if you still believe that he's got it for the likes of Saka, then do it. But start with those guys. I want to read you out a stat quickly because I'm doing a bit of a grey here, and I've uh, I've read out a bit of a stat about one of our what each of our fr uh, three players that started the other day that we're excited with. Okay, let's start with Smith Rowe. So Emil Smith Rowe, in the first half, he ran further than any player on the pitch over 5.74k. Right. Let's go to Saka. He ran further in 90 minutes across the pitch. 11.49k than anybody else and Gabriel Martinelli made more sprints than any player on the pitch across the 90 minutes 20 in total now that those stats straight away should prove to Arteta that he needs to start there because they're doing what he is asking them to yeah. do because every time he comes out into these interviews he's saying we did well we had energy we had drive nobody see it but when he comes out in those interviews and says everyone was chasing down, we had high intensity, off the ball pressure, you can say, no, nah, spot on, we did. Because those three players provided us that. And I don't care whether you come and bring Lacazette in, uh, sorry, Aubameyang in for Lacazette, that's fine. I don't want to see them front them front three touched. Because as mm. far as I'm concerned, and I say a front three, um, obviously we're looking at Smith-Rowe as the number 10 or whatever you want to call him. Those three players need to remain on the pitch as much as possible going forward. Because we've seen Willian and Pepe and Luis and Chaka play regular yeah. games. So why can't these three lads play regularly? Play, play regularly? I believe that those three are the talents. I've said it before that I thought Smith-Rowe is better than Willock. I think he's proven that in the last few games that I've seen him in the Europa League and on against Chelsea. I've never seen Willock run a game like that. I look at Martinelli and think that is a better option on the left-hand side. And I look at Saka and think that he could be anything he wants to be. He yeah. meant that chip. He, you look at you look at him, look at the keeper, and he looks and he chips him. And people are saying that was a cross and all this sort of thing. I looked at the start of the football, that looked like a cross to me. And I looked at it again, and you see him look up at the keeper and think, oh, he's off his line, I'll have some of that. So I think those three players are the ones we should be excited about, and I'd love to see him start tomorrow night. I fear, I do fear that we won't see that. And I fear that we will see some other mm. players come in because of the quick turnaround. But I hope I'm wrong. On the Saka goal, I don't think he meant that. I think he looked up to see who was in the box. I don't think he looked up to see if the goalie was off his line. Um, at, the time I did, at the time, watching it, I didn't think he meant it. So, it's, Craig, Craig, I'll make a quick, a quick point what Dan was saying. Um, of course you can, mate. Like, with the stats thing, um, I know it's not everything, but it's no coincidence that the game against um, Chelsea, we had less less possession percentage-wise. We still won, we won the game. That's not a coincidence. There's been plenty of games where Mikel Arteta has mentioned about possession. We were, you know, 69%, 56%, you know, hardly any shots on goal, none on target. If you saw the stats against Chelsea, that that's no coincidence. And with Saka, um, quickly, um, I've I've said quite a while ago, I, I think he can play anywhere. The kid's a godsend, to be honest. Mm. But, but going forward, where he played the other night against Chelsea, I said, I think on the right of a three, I think he's exceptional. And I would actually, I would persist with him there. Um, although he can be flexible in other positions, for me, that's the main one I would play him in. Absolutely. I mean, he yeah. he, he stood out, he, he stood out so much. Um, yeah. And at 19 years of age, he's doing, like, he's doing everything you want, you know, you want your senior players to do. And I hope that them senior players are sitting there looking at him thinking, Christ, I'm being shown up here by a 19-year-old tail end. Mm. 
um, Craig. graduate, you know. Yes, mate. Craig. Saka, a couple of things these boys have just said. Sorry for calling you boys, but when you're as old as me, you are boys, boys. Everyone's um, a boy to Trev. Yeah. Everyone's a boy to Trev. Trev, I'm older than you think, mate. Believe me. Oh, yeah. Just one yeah, second there. Look, just one second there. Uh, Guna Russ has donated £5. Did you want to ask a good question, Russ? Big up, Russ. <laughs> or, are you, or are you just being generous, mate? Uh, thanks very much indeed, pal. Thank you very much. Listen, yeah, cheers, Russ. Good man is Russ. But look, Saka... It, from my eyes, is the best young talent in this country, bar none. Oh, bar none. absolutely. He's the most exciting prospect that walks this lad, this league at the moment. But what, what Albert said, we, we, he nailed it, absolutely nailed it just now. And, and Dan backs him up with his with his stats, right? In that, in that we've been lacking the movement. We haven't had the midfield moving past the front line all year. Yeah. We haven't had a... Pl- Emil Smith-Rowe has made more forward runs into the box in the few minutes he's had than the rest of the midfield put together all season. And I think that might have shocked Chelsea. Because if Chelsea had done their own work on the Arsenal and how we've been playing, they weren't going to see that movement coming from them free or buzzing all over the front of the park. They weren't going to see it coming. So I don't see how he can change it. I don't know how he can change it for this game tomorrow night. The, the only change I could see if is if he's, if he's somehow fit Party would come in for either Xhaka or El Nenny. Mm. But other than that, Albamian can't come back into that side at the moment. He's got to sit on the bench and let these boys have the credit they deserve. And the credit they do deserve is to be chosen again to support, to, to represent our club. Yeah, Absolutely, mate. Do you think? Right, I mean, there's a lot of people. There was a, f- a couple of people in the chat room there that reckon Aubameyang's down tools. Trev, would you? I mean, he's a born goal scorer. He, you know, we've seen how good he can be. <laughs> Why all of a sudden has it dried up? Look, Craig, right? If we're honest with ourselves, if we're honest with ourselves, Aubameyang has never been the hardest worker up front. But he does what we are, he does what we bought him to do and what we pay him to do. He scores goals, right? That's all we ask of Aubameyang. And I knew that one day he might have a bit of a dry period and and then people are going to start saying, oh, he's not he's not performing, he's not doing this. Mm. But for me, Aubameyang has still got plenty of money left in the bank to fall back on. We, do, we don't lose faith in Aubameyang yet, you know? Not in the slightest. I said he don't come back on tomorrow, in my view, because the other lads that came in played exceptionally yes. well. And the only player that Aubameyang can replace would be Lacazette. And I don't think that would be fair on Lacazette. Yeah, it'd be yeah. Type of harsh to be harsh, mate. I've said, Albert, all the time yeah. that back over the years, if you go back through the Wenger years, if you go back through, you know, the, the end of the end of Arsene Wenger's years, that a lot of players at this club got comfortable. There was no challenge for their positions. Um, they knew they were going to play every week. And I think that um, was a big mistake made by Arsene Wenger by not letting people know that you can be dropped at any minute. Now... It happened a lot through Emery, and it's it's certainly happen happening um, with Arteta. But now these players are coming in, and like Trev says, you know, Abamyang is is there to be dropped if he's not if he's not performing, um, and probably argue, arguably deserves to be dropped for not scoring any goals. But then you could come back on the creativity thing. You know, he's not getting the ball in the right areas. And how do we expect Aubameyang to score a goal when he's not getting into the right areas or he's not getting the, not getting the service. But 
Do you think that have dropping, you know, dropping your Aubameyangs, your David Luizes, your Williams, would that have a po- positive effect on the team as a whole? Do the players now sit in the dressing room and think, well, oh, bloody hell, he's actually going to give me a chance now. If I go out there and play well, you know, for Martinelli, for instance, Martinelli, is he sitting at home lying in bed at night thinking, well, if I keep this up, I'm going to keep Aubameyang out of the team? You know, is that a positive effect? Um, I, I think that just comes down to the big calls you make as a manager. With with, with Young, you know, Trevor Trevor's right. I, I can I can see it from two arg- two sides of the coin. Where um, the first sort of default answer we use as Arsenal fans are, oh, he's not getting no, he's no creativity, which which is a issue, which is a major issue with Arsenal. I understand that, but then, like Trevor mentioned about the work rate, he's never been great. But I just think. As as an individual, as a player, as a player, um, when things aren't going well, yes, goals win you matches, and he's a natural born goal scorer. But there's times when he's he's just completely anonymous, even to a point that you think is this is a bit more than creativity that you're not even having shots at goal. I mean, mm. you know, comparison runs, from, is he? Yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's not moving. Um, I mean, even example when we played Southampton, I don't know if you guys picked up on it, but. There was a couple of occasions where, well, and then he got the ball in midfield. And he's looking at the strikers and gesturing to him that, guys, you need to move. There's no movement. Who who am I passing to? So then the centre-backs are having a go at the midfield players for passing the ball back to him. But then they can turn around and say, well, actually, you know what? Our front three's not even moving. There's no movement. Who are we supposed to pass to? But um, with Aubameyang, yeah, I don't know. It's, I think it's a good thing, Craig, in the sense that Mikel Arteta, where he hasn't helped himself a little bit is that he seems to have his favourites, and he seems to be more harsh than with other players, which which has not helped. Which has not helped whatsoever. But um, if it means giving some of the youngsters who are a bit more hungry um, are going to give more, like you mentioned, upstaging the experienced players, which shouldn't be the case because they should be nurtured into the team, then. I have no problem shaking it up. It can't get any worse, mate. We're, you know, we're full. Absolutely. Well, I've always said it. I said it to Lee last week. Lee said to me, you know, oh, I think we're, we're having a discussion about the young players and Lee was saying, you know, are, are they ready? Are they good enough? This, that and the other. And I said, you know, why, how can it get any worse? It can't. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, so it can't get any worse. So throw him in and let's see what happens. Now he has had his he has had his he's had his hand uh, forced, Dan, because he did have to make the changes because of um, illness and things like that. But I'm not too sure I've seen or heard anything about this. So this one comes in from Mikey. Some of you might be have heard about this. I don't know. But why did Aubameyang leave a victorious dressing room um, early this week? And I saw another comment as well to say that he left the ground early um, against Chelsea. Did anyone hear anything about that? I've not heard, but it wouldn't surprise me because he doesn't look happy, Craig. He doesn't look happy at all. I do wonder whether signing that contract, he was promised stuff that hasn't happened. I do worry whether two or three players were supposed to come through the door that didn't. Uh, I also worry how close he is to the cliques in the training ground. I wonder how close he is to Mesut Ozil. I wonder what he's like with Socrates, who was his teammate at Dortmund. I don't understand this kind of split, but there clearly is one. And I think it's going to be huge in this summer. Uh, for who goes, because that will then settle the dressing room. Because a few of these these kind of poisonous players, in particular one who keeps updating his Twitter every few minutes uh, of late, 
uh, needs to get out the club ASAP. And I think Aubameyang's quite close to Ozil because I think there's a lot of respect there between the class that they've both got. The difference is one has a, an attitude which is fairly positive, uh, albeit no leadership qualities in Aubameyang, but quite positive. He's always quite happy. He's always smiling. He's always seems quite popular around the dressing room. Ozil, for me, is poisonous. And him and his PR team need to get out ASAP because I didn't see him updating his Twitter when we lost in Baku. But I certainly saw it when we lose to Everton or if we lose to Burnley. Yep. All of a sudden, he starts to say, yeah, gonna yeah. Yep. So that kind of thing has definitely disrupted the dressing room. And it wouldn't surprise me if that happens um, with Aubameyang because I feel like he's kind of a character that's loved by everybody and doesn't want this kind of, why are you speaking to him? Why are you not speaking to him? Mm. Um, and I'm not so sure that you can blame Arteta for that. I think that there's a lot more politics in football that's gone on, but clearly Ozil doesn't fit on Ansocrates, doesn't fit into the Arteta way. One of which has just got on with his training and just decided that he's going to leave in Socrates. The other one has tried to cause a big stir. And I do not want that in my football club in Mesut Ozil. The last thing I'll say about Aubameyang, though, is that I feel that he has got enough quality and the stats don't lie. I think there's only Salah and Vardy that have scored more in the last three seasons in the Premier League. So the stats don't lie. He is a gold machine. And we need to ensure that we give him the confidence and the service, which I believe he'll have behind that in front of that um, that free um, to move us forward. So I'm not going to give up on the guy just yet, uh, but it is a worry. I do not see him as a captain or a leader. No, I agree with Trev. We shouldn't be giving up on him yet. Um, Trev makes a great point now. You know, he, he, he's a prolific goal scorer. He was, you know, when he joined us, he was one of the top goal scorers in Europe, one of the elite strikers in Europe. Um, so I, I'm not going to give him up on yet, but I, I am worried. I, yeah. I am worried of his body language. I'm worried that he's not scoring goals, this, that and the other. Uh, this was Russ's super chat. Uh, he donated the fiver, but he never asked, the, he, he never gave you super chat. So this is it. The shirts are the, the shirts are there for the young ones to lose um, and the older ones to win back. That's pro sport competition. Absolutely correct. Can't argue with it. Absolutely can't argue not. with him, can you? No, you can't. Can't argue with him. No, no. You know, important, it's important, Craig. To, what Dan just said is really important, right? A lot of people, and I've been guilty of it on, on, on Guns and Rivers, right? Getting a bit scared to talk about Ozil nowadays because it seems to be Ozil this, Ozil that, and people tend not to talk about him. But Dan's, Dan's really right, correcting what he says, right? I, I, I watch every game that Arsenal play, right? I'd, I'd plenty of years off, but over the last four or five seasons, I've not missed a game, home or away. I've missed the odd one, that's all. And so I've seen this, I've seen Ozil from being in a stadium, right? And, and with the greatest respect to people that watch on the television, I know you're great fans and I'm not disrespecting you in the slightest, but when you're in the stadium, you see the wider picture, Craig, right? Mm -hmm. You see the wider picture. And first, under Wenger, towards the end of Wenger's reign, Wenger would not drop him. And you travel 250 miles to an away game thinking, I wonder how Ozil will do today. And it will come up, Ozil's not playing, he's unwell. That happened on so many occasions, I lost count, mate. He's unwell, he's not travelled to an away game, right? And then you, wa I watched him in a few games. Emery tried to drop him, if you remember rightly, at the start mm -hmm. yeah, of Emery's yeah. reign. He tried to drop Ozil, but for some reason he was forced to put him back in. And go, I used to watch him. I used to sit in the stands and watch Emery, uh, Ozil's work rate. And trust me, Ozil's work rate was low. It was embarrassingly poor, right? And then, and then I travelled all the way to Baku, right? 
I had I got four flights. Took me twenty four hours to get to Baku. I paid a lot of money, and Özil, he could have put that. He could have took his when he he took five minutes to walk off the field when we're losing. Right, his attitude was horrendous, and he could have took his shirt off and hung it on a peg and wore it for the next game because there weren't no sweat in it. Right, there weren't no sweat in it, and that's one of our senior pros. And and that that I'm sure that's the root cause of a lot of our problems. Dan's exactly right, and that is why it's important to keep these youngsters in because these youngsters have come after that. These boys are new to that; they, they've not seen all that. These boys just want to play for the shirt. I wish I had the badge on because I point at it. These boys we saw the other night—they're playing for the name, they're playing for the Arsenal. It was—it was such a a pleasure to see. It, it made this old man's heart flutter. Let me tell you, you know, absolutely. And, uh, absolutely. We've got to stick with them. We've got to stick with them. Dead right. It brings me on to something I want to talk about. We'll, we'll finish up um, talking about this. But something I want to come to you all about. And it's social media um, with footballers. And Dan, Dan hits a nail on the head there. Mercer Ozil sits at home and he's baiting Arsenal fans. Because he knows, as I know and as you three know, that Arsenal fans are the easiest bait on social media. Yeah. Um, I don't see any other fans take a bait a hook, line and sinker like an Arsenal fan does. And I've I've done it in the past. Um, and after I've taken it, I've actually sat back and gone, oh God, I shouldn't really have answered that. But anyway, um, over the last few weeks, we saw Saliba and Gwendouzi um, exchanging messages on, on, on social media about being frozen out at Arsenal. Um, I think we saw, I think it was Saliba said to Gwendouzi that... that that he'd he'd been Gwendouzied or so, or something like that. Mm, so long um, he he that he'd been outed, of course, of Gwendouzi uh, on loan at uh, Hertha Berlin and Saliba in limbo. Um, do you think? Look, I know you cannot ban them, but do you think there should be some kind of protocol in football clubs uh, with senior players and social media, Albert? Um. There should be, but Craig, you know, football's changed immeasurably so much. It's because of social media. Because of social media, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I don't know what it. I don't know what it is with Arsenal. Um, I even quickly go back, Craig, to quickly touching on the Bamiang. I mean, you know that that interview he gave before the North London derby. Oh, on awful! Absolutely. For, for awful. them to have put, for them to have let that go out before our biggest game in the season was a criminal. You know the fifty-five redundancies. Fifty-five redundancies. Maybe it has happened to other clubs, but why are Arsenal the first club for that to get out? You know the training ground bust-ups. There's a there's a lot of stuff. We've got enough trouble on the pitch. Mm. You know, off the pitch is even it's even worse. Um, I mean the the Saliba and Quinduzi thing. It just it just reflects badly on Arsenal. To be honest with you, I mean. The fact that two players would think that was the cleverest thing to do, because that's going to come out, Craig. Like you, social media is too massive for that not to come out. Yeah, but you internet, know, the internet never forgets. Yeah. And they and and they did it. And I just think, particularly where Arsenal are at the moment, um, I would say currently in the moment, you could talk about years, but I'm talking about currently in the moment. Something needs to like pro, some some type of protocol needs to be put in place, but. Am I confident that will happen at Arsenal Football Club, Craig, with, with the things that's happened that have come out to us as Arsenal fans in the public domain? No, no I'm not confident because you might, you could arguably say it's a circus off the pitch. Yes, there's been a lot of change in terms of 
backroom staff and scouts and this person going and that person going, but just from even was it even the guy that runs the social media Arsenal? Was he apparently he's a Southampton fan? Apparently. I mean, I mean to be fair, if I was a, mind you, if I mind you, if I was asked to do someone else's social media account as an Arsenal fan, I'm not going to pass it up because it's probably good pay. But um, the job's a job, isn't it? But yeah, there's great. There's too much stuff off the pitch, man. I just think, why is this coming out of Arsenal Football Club? Even I know they say you know the players weren't happy about the treatment of you know Arteta towards Pepe in regards to you know him coming out and well basically hammering him because the same energy wasn't there from from Granit Xhaka but you know it's a, yeah it's a, it's a tough one Craig with the social media thing but we we seem to also get we seem to come out of it a lot worse than many other clubs man that, that, that's yeah. that's obvious to me. Dan, do you think, like, Albert makes a good point there, and I'm, I'm so glad he said it because I was just about to say it, but do you think sometimes we deserve it? Um, oh. Uh, you, know, channel, you know, take this channel, for instance. You know, we, we could sit here and we could be F this and F that and that player's a C and that player's a C and wish he'd F off and this, that and the other. You know, if I'm watching that as an Arsenal fan, I'm thinking to myself, do you know what? Everything we're going for at the moment, you deserve it. You you deserve it. You do. Um, you know, not everyone, but just you know, mm. you 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 deserve it for mm. saying what you're saying. There is. But do we? I mean, do we bring it on ourselves. I have to say a lot. I think a lot of Arsenal fans bring it on themselves. I mean, I can be I can be very knee jerky, and I'll be the first one to put my hands up. And 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 I mean, anyone who follows me on Twitter, you know. I've had to eat so much humble pie over the years because, you know, if if we go down, you know, there's been games there we're 1-0 down after five minutes. And I'm like, oh, that's it. We've lost. We're rubbish. You know, sack him, sack this. And, you know, we ended up winning the game 4-1. But <laughs> that's just me, you know, just the, the knee jerks out. But I think we I think we deserve some of the flack we get, Dan. Mate, there's a certain element of this fan base, and I've said it for a long time, that are embarrassing. They're toxic. There's no understanding of what their opinions are. They have opinions they can't back up. They say stuff that they'd have no understanding about. There's no knowledge of any of it, and it just comes out. And I say things how it is. I try to be as real as I can. And when I'm not happy about something, people don't know it on here. Uh, but there are bad owners at this football club. There are bad board members at this football club there are bad players at this football club and in my opinion we've got an inexperienced manager at this club but the fan base are just as bad in some of the fan base not all of us some of this fan base are unreal and you go to social media if it wasn't for so social media is great if it wasn't for social media i wouldn't know who the hell you three were yeah yeah so social media is fantastic in that respect yeah. right yeah. but when you come I in mean, fair enough craig grew up in the same place me and, and trev obviously at football so baby's a bad example but there's many people i've met on social media through podcasting 100 but when I look at what can be said now, I worry for some of the players' mental health. I do. Because I look at the situation that perhaps the Tony Adams era had and think they had no social media back then. Facebook didn't exist. Twitter didn't exist. If they had a bad game, they heard about it in the papers and they could either read it or not and move on to the next game. People get slated on social media now. You know, the Granite Chaka situation, as bad as that was on him, what the abuse that he got from some fans, the abuse that Pepe got for, for getting sent off, that would never have happened years and years ago. And we've seen worse on a pitch, trust me. We've seen some bad things happen on a football field, not just at Arsenal, but in other, in other aspects of stuff. But our fan base needs to look at themselves massively because I sometimes look at our league position and think you. some of you fans asked for this. 
Yeah, you accepted mediocrity for 10 years. You accepted that Toff War was a trophy. You accepted that it's okay when they're in the Europa League. You accepted it doesn't matter with 15th, we've got an experienced manager back him. You've accepted that Mustafi and Shaka are good players, but now they've got a good coach, they're going to be even greater. You've accepted that it's okay not to buy players in January and not to buy players because we haven't got the money. And you've accepted that our owner is good enough because he gives us enough money. And sometimes I look at it and think, You've asked for this. You were happy with this. When I was moaning and when people like Russ were moaning, people were saying, no, 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 calm down. Kroenke has given us money for Thomas Party. We're going to be safe. Well, we've got Thomas Party in the 15th. So I look at the situation and I think you have been complaining about Arsenal fans being negative and not being happy about things for so long. And now we're in 15th and people are still saying Trust the process. So I can understand why people get frustrated. And I look at some fans at the moment that I'm very close with that are fed up. They're totally fed up. And it rubs off on people. I've been very, very bad in the last few weeks because I've been struggling to watch the team that I love that can't compete on a football pitch with teams like Aston Villa, Burnley, Leicester and whoever else we've lost to in the last few games. There's so many now I forget. So I understand why people get frustrated with Arsenal fans because some of them are deluded. They've been happy with 15th because they've accepted Granite Xhaka and, and Mustafi for the last five years. And they think that Kalasanac is a good backup left back. And they think that Meza Ozil is still needed in this side because he's such a good player. They don't care about his attitude. So you're right, Craig. Bang on. There are Arsenal fans out there that get what they deserve. And the last thing I'll say on this is this. Arsenal fans all want the same thing, right? They all want Arsenal to win. They all want Arsenal to win football matches. They want us to compete at the very high level. So I understand why Arsenal fans are frustrated when we get told that we are going to compete with Barcelona and Bayern Munich and we can't beat Wolves and Burnley at home. That is the frustrating and the reality and the, and, and the fact right there. And the reason that we've got to this stage, unfortunately, is because Arsenal fans cannot do one thing. Unite and have one yeah, voice. They cannot do it. And the reason they can't do it is because they're too busy slagging off AFTV. They're too busy slagging off We Care Do You. They're too busy slagging off Meza Ozil. They're too busy worried about Granite Chaka, whether he should be the captain or not. They're too busy worrying about Wenger, whether he should come back, whether Emery should have been sacked, whether Arteta should be sacked. They don't have one voice. And one voice is most people are pissed with Kroenke. Most people want him out. The reason we will never get him out is because we are so toxic that we could not unite. And that's why I will always have respect for Liverpool Football Club, because look at where they are now. In the 77th minute of a football match, they all got up and said, I'm done. I ain't paying £77 for a game against Sunderland. We're all off. They all had one voice. They all went. What happened? Their season ticket prices went down. They all of a sudden got on board. Fans had a voice and look where they are now. And it's not because they walked out of a ground. But what I'm trying to get at is they have an understanding of what they want to see on the football pitch. Fans have a voice. They do. The problem is all of the fans need to unite and Arsenal fans are incapable of it. Well, well said, mate. Um, every week you you go on a little... You go on a little tangent and it just makes complete sense every single week. Um, I mean, a lot of people are saying, you know, facts, straight facts. It is straight facts. Sorry, um, sorry, Craig. Sorry, mate. Just yes, mate. Go for it. Dan was saying before you come to Trev. Um, yeah. And you make a good point because one thing I've sort of, with sections of the fan base, one thing I've always talked about, Craig and Trev, is I don't know when it's seeped in in terms of player snobbery. Um, I'll give you examples. Um we talk amongst ourselves as fans of what players might do a job at Arsenal or actually might be good players for Arsenal that might sort of be hungry and passionate and get us up to where we need to be. And I mean, I'll give examples, someone like a 
Lewis Dunk. If you put that as a poll out on social media, it'd be 50-50 or, oh, he's not good enough. But why is he not good enough? What, because he plays for Brighton. Where did where did um, Leicester get James Madison from? Where did Liverpool get An Andy Robertson from? Why where did now? they get Jamie Vardy from? They, there you go. But yeah, when you write, when you mention certain players, you know, they want to say, oh, but with Bellerin's got called out by Spain or Xhaka's a captain of Switzerland. But that's not, that. you're missing the point. They're not, they've been at Arsenal a long time. They're not good enough. There are other players out there that don't have a sexy Spanish or Latin name that are players that are, that are playing within the Premier League or within the Championship that come can come and do a good job. Listen, drive me to Brighton tonight and I'll bring back Tarek Lamptey and play for Arsenal. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. 100%. So that's the thing. You, 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 could, you drive to Norwich team. and bring back that young lad back for, what's his name? Um, Max Aaron. Uh, no, the other fella we linked with, is it? Uh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's another fella. I mean, Liverpool done it. They, I mean, they brought in Andy yeah. Robinson. I mean, Andy Robinson come from Hull, didn't he? Yeah, um, absolutely. Do you know, Sadio Mane <laughs> coming from Southampton. We didn't know... Obviously, Jurgen Klopp saw something in him, but I said, you know, I, if you just said that Sadio Mane was going to sign for Liverpool and become one of the best forwards in fo in the European football, you'd have laughed at me. Yeah. Do you know? Well, so for, it, for some reason, Craig, oh, we, we've been scared to sign young English players for years. I don't know what it is. We've been scared yeah. to sign them, right? But just taking on board what Dan said, and it's really interesting because me and Dan got on very well. I class myself as good friends with Dan and his dad, right? I love the lad. But I, I, I look at it from, from a much older perspective. I think, what am I, four or five years older than you, Dan, am I? You know? <laughs> so, that, <laughs> I look at it from a much older perspective. And you see, when we've had bad teams, when I was Dan's age, we didn't have social media. Yes. But trust me, the, the vitriol was still there. There was still stuff coming from fans towards players, but it was done in the ground and it was done in a small circle of your mates in a pub afterwards. Then it was forgotten about. It couldn't carry on because there were no channels for it to go down. Apart well, from the couple of mates that. you were with during the week. I've, all, you know? I've always said and, that. People have said to me about Arsenal Fan TV. I've always said Arsenal Fan TV has always been there. just weren't being recorded. Yeah. Craig, Arsenal. Yeah, exactly. I, look, right. Dan knows this as well. I don't like Arsenal Fan, tees, fan TV's AFTV setup. I don't like the format. But you won't hear me talk bad about them. You, mm. I challenge anybody to, to to say they've ever heard me say a bad word about them because I don't like the format, so I click the off button. You know what I mean? And mm. I, I know a few of the lads. I don't know them well, but, I mean, Lee's, Lee's a mate of mine. I know Lee, and I think the world of Lee. In Kiev a couple of seasons ago, I had a night on a beer with, with DT in Kiev in a bar, me and him. I was singing karaoke, and we were drunk as skunks, and he was great company for the night. So... AFTV, I don't like the ream, the, the, the setup, but I turn it off. I don't watch it. That don't mean they're bad people. They're still Arsenal fans. They still want us to win, you know. But the one thing I will say is, and this is the old person in me coming out, there is a level to the abuse that is acceptable for a fan of my age, right? You'll hear me say that I don't like Granite Xhaka very much. You'll hear me say that Ozil frustrates me greatly. But I'm, I don't go to the level of wishing harm on them, you know. I, I don't yeah. like that. I don't like that. And that needs to stop, you know. So, you know, and, and the only other thing is, the only other, and I did see it on social media. It was on. It was trending a bit on Twitter. You boys might have seen it. An Arsenal, an, an Arsenal fan, inverted commas, actually said, I want us to lose against Chelsea because oh, I don't I think it will do us yeah. any harm. Stop it. Yeah. No Arsenal fan ever wants no. any Arsenal team to mm. lose a game of football. 
dying yeah. on, you know. But as I say, it's, it's it's different. But we are all Arsenal fans at the end of the day. If you don't like something, switch it off. You know, it don't make absolutely. A I've always said the same thing. Yeah, uh, I've always said the same. Just don't watch it. Do you know? Yeah. Um, that finishes off. Lovely. What do you know? Actually, what we'll do is we'll we'll go for. We haven't done this for a while, Dan, but we'll we'll go for some predictions. Yeah. Um, for tomorrow and is it Saturday, Friday? New Year's, is it New Year's Day Friday? Is it? Uh, I think it's tomorrow and Saturday. Is I don't right? even know yeah. what day it is, mate. <laughs> oh, it, I, I, it's my birthday it's tomorrow. Uh, that's hey. all I know. Hey. I know. Happy birthday for tomorrow. I know, birthday, thank you. Mate. I know it's the 29th, but I don't know what day it is. Tuesday, is it? I think. Is it? Tuesday tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah. And is then we got know, one on Saturday. In the, lo- yeah. in the lockdown, I used to just hang out the window out the front of the house here with a big sign saying, What day is it? And someone would just walk past and go, Wednesday. Thanks very much. <laughs> I hadn't a clue what day it was. Um, yeah, so Dan, let's go. For, you know, let's go for Brighton. Is it away? It's away, isn't it? Yeah, both yeah. away. Yeah, Brighton. Yeah. Now this is a ground like Albert rightly says. This is a ground we haven't, we don't do well at. I haven't won there since '81. Um, you know, but this it's a very dangerous game, Dan, isn't it? Because we, we've just yeah. beaten Chelsea. We've all sat here and said, you know how we think that the team should stay the same. Tomorrow, we're going to expect the same kind of, you know, the same kind of passion, the same kind of pace, the enthusiasm, the urgency. But, you know, we're playing in a different stadium. We're away from home. The setup, I would imagine, is going to be different. So, I mean, although beating Chelsea is great, we mustn't get carried away Um with what's going to happen next. We just do what we do. We, we stick by the team we, and we, we, we stick by the manager. Oh, some people don't want to stick by the manager. That's fine. But it's a dangerous game tomorrow, Dan. So what do you reckon? It is very dangerous. Um, my two predictions for both these games are the last time we felt like this is a fan base, not all of us, uh, was when we came off the back of a win at Old Trafford mm-hmm. and we got thumped 3-0 against Aston Villa. Yeah. The reason I am going to go for a 1-1 draw is because I don't believe the manager is going to get the team selection right. And I feel like we're going to mess up here. Um, Not lose, but I think we might struggle to get three points. Bit of a bogey team, as Albert said. Hard place to go. Very good team, by the way, and a really good manager. I rate Graham Potter a lot, rate him highly. I think they've got two players that I would walk into our team straight away in Basuma and Lamptey. So for me, I would 100% go for a 1-1 draw. And I don't actually think that is a devastating result because I I do feel like they're a good side. There's a reason we haven't taken three points from Brighton. It's because they're not a bad side. They're not no mugs. So I'll go for a 1-1. I do feel like we'll revert to the side we saw against Chelsea, against West Brom and take three points. So I'm going to go for a 1-1 against Brighton. Now, Trev, there is obviously there is obviously the scare, like Dan says, that, you know, that he's going to get it wrong and this, that and the other. But I will look at it on the flip side, you know. We might go down there tomorrow and win 4-0. Uh, and we come back here and we say, Christ, how good were we at Brighton? Um, Absolutely. Do you know? So it is a dangerous uh, game, though, for Mikhail Arteta tomorrow. It, it is a very dangerous game, Craig. A very dangerous game indeed. And in, in, Brighton are a big, strong side. And and I was at the game at Brighton, was it last year or the year before? The year before last on Boxing Day, we were away at Brighton. It was a great trip. And we got bullied. We drew, I think. But yeah. but, the, but but I'm I'm hoping I'm seeing the flip side of what Dan said with you, Craig. And I think if he does stick with the team we saw, 
the fact that Brighton are a big side won't bother them young lads in the slightest. Mm. Won't bother them in the slightest. Won't phase them. Because they're going out there, they're doing what they love doing. They're playing football. They want to play football. They want to charge all around the pitch. And I think that if we play that same formation, leave El Nenny and Xhaka in if party's not fit, but play that same formation of Martinelli, Smithrow and Saka, changing wings and, and, and giving them loads of flexibility to go where they want, that, big, that great big Brighton back four or back five will struggle. They won't have the pace or the movement to keep up with them. So I'm going with the flip side. I'm, and Dan just said it right. I'm going to fall into that trap that I always do. When Arsenal have a win, I automatically think we're going to go mad <laughs> on the like next me. one. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah I, I fall in into that trap. I'm going to go 3-0 with the Arsenal. I don't oh, care. I like that. I like that. <laughs> I like it. I love it. Albert, what are you going for, mate? Yeah, the boys make some good points, man. You know, Brighton's a, Brighton's a good football inside, actually. And this, they just have not, like as they say, they haven't finished their dinner in scoring goals. Um, it's going to be tough. Our record there is awful. Um, if we took four points out of the next six games, I'd be happy. And I think we'll get, we might sneak it 2-1 tomorrow. Even Mark Lawrenson has gone for an Arsenal win. And that, that's got to be saying something in a prediction. But... Um, yeah, it's going to be a tight game. If like like Trev says, we need to we we need to maintain the movement and the flexibility in the side coming from the front three or front fours, you want to put it. So if he does stick with the same team, which I'm not confident that he will, but if he does, I think we could sneak it two one and end this bloody hoodoo, mate. Honestly, yeah, yeah. I'm going for an Arsenal yeah. win tomorrow. I, I, I'm I'm with, I'm with Trev. I think there's going to be a big bounce and. I think I think we're going to go down there and do the business if he sticks with yeah. the same team. It's all yeah. on that. It's it's all on that selection um, for him tomorrow. I mean, I hope that he is that Arteta is lying in bed tonight with a headache. That he he's still saying, yeah. "Oh God, I don't know." You know, I yeah. want those young lads have, should have given him massive headaches um, for his next two selections. Uh, I think we'll. I think I, I think we'll win. But this is a good. This is a good one. Um, my prediction: game postponed due to COVID. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> could happen. Could happen. You never know. Yet it could happen. Could. Never know. It could happen. It could. Right. Well, thanks to you all um, who stayed with us for the hour, listening to us blar on um, about our great club. Um, thank you very much all for the support. Thanks for the kind donations uh, that you gave in this evening. Um, I wish you all a happy new year. Let's hope 2021's a new, a better one. I mean, I, I gave a little speech there on the on, on the Christmas show. You can go and have a look at that. Uh, it's just a simple happy new year. And I hope everything, you know, let's hope that it's, it's a better one um, for us personally and for the club that we support. Uh, my thanks to Dan. Thank you very much sir, for joining us. Thank you very much, Craig. Just before we do go, can I just uh, whack this up from Daniel the Blind Gooner who's given a kind donation? Yeah, I uh, didn't see that. Sorry, Daniel, I never saw that. See, this, no, why did this, this thing here now, it, it moves so quick. Oh, it's so quick, man. It. You can't keep up. I did see it. And uh, please go and subscribe if you haven't done already to the Blind Gooner. Um, yeah. Try and get his subs up. He's a top guy. Really good, uh, really good fan. Really good uh, listener to most podcasts out there. So thank you very much. I'll take thank your you one very much, win. Dan. Happy and, New Year, uh, mate. Yeah. I will too. But Craig, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I hope everyone had a great Christmas. Happy New Year to everybody. And happy birthday to you tomorrow, Craig. Oh, thank you very much. Wrong side of 40 now. 41, oh. I believe it. Don't oh. look a day over 20, do I? <laughs> I'm uh, Russ. Thank you. For, uh, Russ? No, that's Trev. I always... <laughs> don't insult him like that. No. Don't insult him like uh, that. I don't know. It's because... 
I'm always I've got more these chats. Yeah, I'm always, I'm always, he's so active in the chat box, and I'm always looking. Oh, I don't know why I've called you Russ. Well, I've just got him on the brain. My apologies, Trev. Um, thank you very much for coming on, mate, um, and stepping in at such short notice. You know, we've got a couple of boys down um, who are sick. Uh, people can watch you regularly on Guns and Ribbons. Is that correct? They can indeed, Frank. Oh, sorry, not Frank. It's Craig. What Frank are you talking about? Yeah, they, they, they can come and watch us on. Uh, they can come and watch us on Guns and Ribbons. We're a bit behind you, boys, but we're improving by the week. I love doing it. I'm, I'm new to podcasting. I got dragged into Guns and Ribbons. I love every You're minute. So if it. anyone feels if anyone feels that they can come and give us a watch, they'd be very welcome. Craig, thanks for the invite, mate. I, I, I love doing this stuff. As I say, I'm new to it. Brilliant. I do appreciate you inviting me on. Hopefully, I'll be able to come and have a chat with you soon. And oh, absolutely. Albert, Albert, lovely to meet you, mate. Pot C, yeah. great as always. Happy New Year to you, free, and to everybody watching. Up the Arsenal, boys. Up the Arsenal, exactly. Now, Albert, tell us, you have your own channel as well. Very good one, I might add. Um, Thank you, mate. Thank you. Kind now's of. your time to get it out there to the people. Um, tell us about it. Brilliant. Yeah, Albert JTV, as you can see on the screen. My Twitter handle is there, AUMO57. Craig, mate, love the same old Arsenal podcast for time, even before I started my Thank you, mate. YouTube channel, mate. So it's a, it's a pleasure it. to come on, mate. And much love to Dan, as always, man. And Trevor, Cheers, nice to meet you as well. And happy birthday and happy New Year to everyone in the chat as well, man. Excellent stuff. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, yeah, so that leaves us... Um... Fingers crossed for tomorrow and, and, and Friday. And we'll see you all next Monday. And hopefully we'll have six more points six more points in the bags. Come on, Arsenal. Fingers Come on, crossed. Arsenal. Until we see you again, take care of yourselves and each other. Up the Arsenal. Up the Arsenal. Up the Happy on, New Year. Year. Sports Social Podcast Network. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family cannolis and spins mean everything now you want to get mixed up in the family business introducing the godfather at chabacasino.com test your luck in the shadowy world of the godfather slot someday i will call upon you to do a service for me play the godfather now at chabacasino.com welcome to the family no purchase necessary vgw group void where prohibited by law 18 plus terms and conditions apply